They called it the car for every man. Henry Ford himself called it a car for the great multitude. It was functional and simple, like your sewing machine or your cast iron stove. You could learn to drive it in less than a day. And you could get any color you wanted, so long as it was black. When Ford first conceived the Model T, it took 13 hours to assemble. Within five years, he was turning out a vehicle every 90 seconds. Of course, the real invention wasn't the car, it was the assembly line that built it. Pretty soon, other businesses had borrowed the same techniques. Seamstresses became button sewers. Furniture makers became knob turners. It was the beginning and the end of imagination all at the same time. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Opened up with that clip from uh, the movie Seabiscuit for a couple of reasons. Number one, innovation. Innovation. You know, us, you know, most of the millennials today, the kids don't get taught about anything of our, of our past, of our history, and how uh, America became great. You know, we came up with inventions. We uh, they were expensive. We figure out how to make them, uh, make them faster, make them better, make them less expensive, more efficiently. And the prices come down. They get cooler. You know, you could get any color you wanted as long as it was black. You know, and uh, the Model Ts, they all look the same. You know, the cars evolved. Think about TVs. Think about computers. Think about iPhones. Think about everything. You know what? We invent something. We make it better, we make it easier, we make it smaller, and we try to and we figure a way to make it more efficiently. And then government comes in and puts a bunch of regulations, and then the company ships the manufacturing to China, and we lose all those jobs because the Chinese people uh, care about their people more than they care about uh, just taxing the hell out of us, and uh, so that we can save the world. We're gonna single-handedly save the world. Pretty soon we'll have a cap and trade tax for another uh, 70 cents a gallon on top of a, you know, when you go to Arizona, fill up your tank, you know, the there's like a 90 cent difference between the premium gas in Arizona versus California today. Now it's going to be a buck 60 starting next year because we're so concerned about the environment. We really don't care about the people. So anyway, the other reason I use that clip is because I'm doing a loan for one of my, uh, one of my friends and his, uh, his wife has a uh, has a business of uh, their horse people, and uh, for for horse lovers, uh, you know how when you're do- when you have when you have your dog and your dog dies, and you know you put their ashes in a little in a little thing where you keep your memories of your ash, and they put a little paw impression of your dog before they uh, before they. Um, uh, cremate him and you know you have your your memories of your of your favorite pet apparently uh horse people uh take some of the hair from the tails and uh my friend's wife has a business called uh tailspinbracelets.com and they and they make uh jewelry out of they make jewelry out of the horse hair and uh well I've spent a lot of time on that loan this week and I then I've been thinking about the uh the, the market that they came up with and to 
for people for horse people i'm not a horse person uh because uh my dog is the size of a horse but uh you know for uh i just think it i just thought hey let's use one of those uh clips from that horse movie sea biscuit this time so anyway Today we're going to talk. I'm trying to. I try to make some uh, make some logic and some life lessons about it out of just about every experience I have all week and every movie I've ever seen. And uh, so I keep all the clips, and so I can teach you things and and uh, give you some perspective on what's going on because. People are too involved in, uh, I don't know, uh, the Kardashians, uh, the Dodgers, the Angels, uh, their own lives, and uh, they don't have time to think about what's going on and what the uh, the government and uh, society is doing to us. Um, and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about all that and give you an update on everything that's going on going on this week in this world in this nation. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We're located in Southern California, have offices all over the place, licensed in California and Arizona, and in the process of getting licensed in a few other states. So if you're listening to us in some other states off uh, Red State Radio, then uh, we're coming your way. We're coming your way. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are some great, fantastic opportunities out there in real estate, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're stealing time from your boss and you shouldn't be doing that, you don't want to talk out loud, uh, wait for your 15-minute mandated, government-mandated coffee break or your government-mandated lunch break um, or maybe do it on your government-mandated sick day or uh, family leave day or some other reason that the government mandates that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be working a little extra hard to make uh, uh, capitalism work harder. And uh, go to ed, go to go to wccloans.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of mortgage information there. Uh, if you want if you want to get some information, click on the loan tab and hit apply now. Give me as much information as you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either uh, myself or one of my uh, able-bodied teammates. That will we can uh, help you put the missing pieces to your real estate financing uh, puzzle together. If you hear anything you want repeated, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on uh, the podcast page, and you can hear this show as well as uh, several past shows um, on there, and uh, you can uh, listen to them on demand. And you can also get the podcast on uh, uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, or you can uh, subscribe and have them download to your computer, your phone, your iPad, your I watch your uh, one of those, whatever device you listen to podcasts on. I think now nowadays you probably probably a brand new car you can listen to podcasts without even having to uh, have a device hooked up. I know uh, my car has has a Wi-Fi a Wi-Fi service in it, so it must have internet. So I must have be able to if I wanted to not use my phone, I could download those things to my car. I assume I just haven't read the whole manual yet. So. Uh, uh, exciting stuff. Uh, connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed, Hoff, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, some weeks more than others. And like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. So let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about. So President Trump's taking his first official vacation this week. Liberals don't like it one bit. Uh, here's here's some of the tweets that if you look at hashtag Trump vacation. Hashtag Trump vacation. You know when you want to get together with all the people that are tweeting about the same thing? Put that hashtag there. 
So here's a couple of them. One said, uh, America didn't get a president. We got a retiree. 45 days at the golf course, 60th day at Trump property. You know what? Um, I have a hard time believing he's been in office for 180 days or so, and uh, or maybe 200 days. And uh, yeah, he's been 60 days. Yeah, he's he spends his weekends a lot of times at Mar-Lago, one of his resorts. Um, I don't think he's golfing that much, and uh, so I don't I don't buy that. Um, hey, Red State America, remember when that guy you voted for said I won't take vacations and you believed him? Hey, hey, everybody else who doesn't like Donald Trump, do you ever take a weekend and watch TV and notice that Trump is talking business, wearing that business suit every single day, Saturdays, Sundays included? Hmm, I don't know. What's he doing wearing a suit? I would bet. You know what I wear on the on the weekends? Shorts and a tank top. No shoes unless we're going out and I be lazy at the house or on my boat or uh, or uh, in the mountains and I and I'm a lazy I'm looking for a word couch potato if I don't have anything going or we're not out on the boat or we're not doing something like that uh, I'm not working I'm not putting on a tie and uh, but Trump is never out of a tie not any not any day that we've seen him. Uh, this whole uh, this since uh, January 20th, and actually since November 8th, we haven't seen him for the most part out of a tie. I know there's probably times when we're not watching that he's there, but I have a hard time believing that he's uh, just golfing. Uh, does this mean U.S. taxpayers will pay for Trump's 17-day vacations? 17-day vacation at Trump's resort? Damn, damn, damn. Well, you know what? Maybe you guys should take a take a, a notice of what Obama did. You know what? Uh, you know what? Think about think about when uh, Obama when Obama was in there. He's on vacations all the time, and he's not going to a place where it's his. He's going to some place that he's going to displace everybody else. And uh, and I remember uh, George W. Bush. Uh, he would go on Christmas Thanksgiving. They would go to Camp David. And Camp David, he did that because he doesn't need that many Secret Service people there because it's all secluded and secure. So he didn't have to take his Secret Service people away from their families. But Obama never considered that. He'd always spend Christmas two, three weeks in uh, Hawaii, and uh, he'd put his Secret Service people at some, uh, um, what's the name of that, the Moana Surfrider Hotel. Don and I stayed there last time we went to Hawaii said, hey, if it's good for them, it's good for us. We're going to go check it out. It's a nice-looking hotel. Wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my favorite place. I don't think I'll ever book it, go back. Probably I like the Hilton Hawaiian Village better if we're going to be on Oahu. But, um, 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 but uh, and when and Obama would be in some, some luxurious rented mansion on Oahu while the Secret Service guys were at the hotel staying there and they would have to displace all these businesses because they couldn't they couldn't run the 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 parasailing guy and all these guys in their in their busiest time of the year they would just displace them and say hey uh, for security you can't run your business during these times and remember when uh, Michelle Obama took her uh, took vacation right after the big uh, spill on the on the Gulf for, uh, I guess it was, uh, Deepwater Horizon exploded and all the oil and they were cleaning up the Gulf and all those people were hurting in the Gulf and taking the, they take a vacation, they go to Spain. Okay, spend all that money, go to Spain so, and patronize those, those uh, businesses in Spain and all the people on the Gulf were all these vacation spots in Louisiana and Alabama, Mississippi, um, Florida, 
were hurting. They could have had some presidential uh, presidential money there. Go go patronize your own your own people that you're trying to lead. Nope, Spain. There's people that don't don't care about anybody. Um, I'll talk more about that shortly. Um, here's a bit of a CNN story on the golf aspect. He's spending a 17-day working vacation at his Bedminster, New Jersey golf club, though he tweeted, this is not a vacation, meetings and calls. But also, I start doing a good job for you. golf. Trump, in a clear state of play, greeted guests of a wedding Saturday at Bedminster's clubhouse. All this time on the course, President Trump for the birdie. Head scratching, considering Trump constantly hammered President Obama for golfing. Everything's executive order because he doesn't have enough time because he's playing so much golf. I'm going to be working for you. I'm not going to have time to go play golf. He played more golf last year than Tiger Woods. I love golf. I think it's one of the greats, but I don't have time. But I'm not going to be playing much golf. Believe me, if I win this, I'm not going to be playing much golf. At this point in his presidency, Obama had spent 11 days golfing. Well, I can't, I can't imagine, and I watch, I watch politics on TV all the time, and I can't imagine seeing, having 11 days, more than 11 days that Trump's actually been on the golf course golfing. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. And you know, one of the things that Trump used to criticize about Obama was, hey, you know what? There's a lot of business that gets done on the golf course. If you're going to golf, don't golf with Jay-Z and uh, your friends and all your Hollywood people. Golf with senators and congressmen, and uh, and so far from what I've heard, he's been entertaining people at, at golf. He's uh, I think he took the president of Japan or China or one of those uh, Asian countries uh, out there, and I know that he's he's uh, the couple times I know that he has golfed, he's been with uh, Congress people and senators. And you know all this stuff. Obama didn't want to talk to anybody. He wanted to talk to Valerie Jarrett. And uh, that's it. And hey, Congress and Senate, you guys do your thing and send me some bills and I'll veto them. And, uh, and you know, he, he wasn't engaged in anything. Trump's engaged in all of it. What are you bitching about? So anyway, so and as I understand it, um, they're remodeling the White House. And uh, so he had to get it. He had to get out of the White House for for a couple of weeks anyway. And uh, I looked it up. What are they doing? They're replacing the air conditioning system. And uh, I've never been in the White House because when I was in Washington, D.C., there were no White House tours um, because I've been there twice. And once uh, Obama had stopped uh, the tours and the other time was uh, for inauguration. And you can imagine no one's going to the White House uh, for tours during inauguration weekend. Um, But as I understand it, they're they're replacing the the air conditioning system. They're rebuilding some steps. They're uh, replacing the, some carpet or cleaning carpet or something in the Oval Office. They're doing some uh, some updating, and at some point, I guess, I guess since uh, Obama's out, and a couple hours later Trump is in, uh, there's really no time when they can actually do these major renovations. And if you're ever dumb enough to uh, to remodel your house while you're living there, um, you know how difficult that is. And I used to say, hey, you know, if you're dumb enough to uh, to make your wife live in a construction zone, you get what you you get what you you deserve what you get. I used to watch watch my dad try to do projects and make my uh, my mom live in a construction zone. And uh, then we remodeled the bathrooms at my house, and uh, we remodeled the upstairs, the master bathroom, and then the the bathroom across the hall, and that turned into uh, wood floors in the hallway and down the stairs, and then. 
then uh, fancy doors that matched the wood floor, and then fancy baseboards, and it was just creeping in. Uh, well, <clears throat> I guess I deserved what I got uh, for uh, making my wife live in that uh, while we were going through. I pro- had I known it, had I, if I knew then what I know now, had I really thought it out, if I realized how much I was going to do on that, I would have just, hey, move all our furniture into a pod. Don and I are going on a vacation for two weeks. Just you guys can just live here for two weeks and finish the remodel. We'll be back. Um, cause, uh, living there, it took a lot longer than two weeks. So, uh, so for everybody who's crying about the president's vacation, uh, what they supposedly cost us, here's something from McClatchy, which is a nonpartisan news organization like Reuters and the Associated Press. Here's one of their stories from December of 2016. As America's first family enjoys its eighth and final vacation in Hawaii, new estimates put the price tag of Obama's annual trip at 3.5 million or more. In total, the cost of the first family's personnel, Personal or largely personal travel during the last eight years comes to $85 million, though it's it's likely to climb to $90 million after additional uh, records are released. The cost of Air Force One and other government planes, as well as helicopters, cargo planes, uh, armored cars, secret service protection, and advanced communications and medical staff. Um, you know what? I know we pay, pay for all this stuff, but you know what? I just think the Obamas just milked it. And I don't think... Uh, Watching George W. Bush, I saw him go to Camp David, and I saw him go to his ranch in uh, Crawford, Texas. I didn't see a whole lot of vacations that weren't weren't uh, work trips. Um, I saw Obama do nothing, but you know, you know, at one time they said, "What are you going to miss most when you're out of office?" He goes, "The plane," because he was uh, he just loved having access to Air Force One. Let's just fly to Colorado and do a do a do a uh, speech today in front of the people in Colorado, and then fly back. You know what you got? television cameras right in front of the White House and right in the Oval Office and everywhere else. You want to make a speech? Make it from home. You know, there's times when when it's when it's uh when it's uh warranted, but I think uh he took advantage of that. So, let's talk about the big thing everybody's talking about now, North Korea. As you've probably heard, unless you've been living in a hole, uh, in your backyard where you can't see the TV. North North Korea has ratcheted up their nuclear threats by claiming they will be firing four missiles toward the island of Guam, which is the United States territory and home to two of our U.S. military bases. On Thursday, North, North Korean state media announced that the plan to fire the intermediate-range missiles will be ready for Kim Jong-un's consideration in a matter of days. First, let's address the president's comment on North, Amer- North Korea's uh, threats earlier in the week. North Korea... Best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. You know what? That kind of talk doesn't bother me at all. You know, it's uh, I got tired of hearing the diplomatic stuff and the and the you know the you know what? Don't you wanna? Don't you wanna? Don't you feel good about hearing a president that's strong that we're not gonna be pushed around by some whack job in in uh, North Korea that thinks he can just threaten the world? What is his intention? What do they want to do? They want to prove that you know who's uh, that he how tough he is. Uh, I don't even know. Me and my trainer were talking this morning about what does North Korea want? I don't know. I think he wants his respect. I'm going to get my respect. 
Uh, I'm not really sure what he does. I know he wants to starve his people and and uh, he wants everyone to salute him and that kind of stuff. Here's what the liberal media's reaction was to uh, Trump's strong words. When a president says something like this, it's usually calculated, vetted, gone through all the national security yeah. channels before it's it's ripped off in a in an impromptu press conference. Well, he did it. He did what no president of the United States before him has ever done, and this time it could not be more serious. Life and death serious. The president of the United States today threatened nuclear war. The kind of rhetoric Donald Trump used is the kind of rhetoric the North Koreans use. Right. It's not the kind of rhetoric the United States of America uses. Yeah, it's not the way that thing. That's not the way that uh, the American presidents talk. You know, they should talk like Barack Obama, kind of a uh, wimpy and uh, really cool. Read off the teleprompter. Doesn't mean a damn thing he says. Uh, he's just reading what somebody else wrote that says it'll be that, that way. Trump talks what's on his mind, what's in his heart, and uh, you know what? Sometimes he's a little brash, and uh, I prefer that to the to blowing smoke up our butts like uh, Barack Hussein Obama did. And uh, I just don't, I just don't see it. The last person on that clip uh, was uh, CNN's Farid Zakaria. He may be onto something. Here's Judge Andrew Napolitano's take that the generals, uh, Tiller, the generals, the generals, Mattis and uh, Mattis and Kelly and uh, McMaster's and uh, Tillerson may be advising the president to speak Kim Jong-un's tough talking language. I was uh, initially appalled at the at the president's language. And then, you know, as the day wore on and I listened to Nikki Haley and to Rex Tillerson, I realized this is coordinated. Yeah, this is planned and this is time. This is the carrot and this is the stick. And, and to echo what you just said, Harris, the president has intel, raw mm -hmm. data from intelligence sources all over the world and especially there that may be telling him this short fat guy is not crazy he's rational and this is the type of language that will keep him up at night yeah now, well, what I mean, can the president do on his own yeah what will keep him up at night you know what uh i remember seeing george w bush uh, speak a couple of times and he'd talk about when he would meet heads of other states and he'd say you know what uh what is it that keeps you up at night that how that'd be one of the things he'd start conversations with, you know, after they got through the uh, good to meet you and that's an honor and all the all the thanking everybody and all that stuff. He'd say, what is it that keeps you up at night? He'd start conversations like that with uh, heads of uh, heads of state. Um, that same that same tone seems to be echoed by uh, the State Department smokes, uh, spokesman uh, Heather Nauert. She used to be on Fox. Uh, here's what she said to reporters on Wednesday. Can you um, explain to the uh, American public and per perhaps the rest of the world exactly who they should be listening to in the U.S. government when it comes to um, North Korea and what the United States policy and posture is? Well, I think the United States, and some of you may disagree with this, but the United States is on the same page. Uh, whether it's the White House, the State Department, the Department of Defense, we are speaking with one voice. I would agree. I would agree. I think uh, Tillerson and Mattis and Kelly and McMaster and everybody is uh, coordinating this. I think Trump put together a a, uh, a all star team of of uh, military guys to um, advise him uh, appropriately. Here's a final take from Newt Gingrich, who uh, who is of the thought that any missiles North Korea fires may only be to flex their muscles. The challenge we have is if you take the North Koreans seriously, uh, they're not going to back down. 
And so the question becomes, then what? Every time I see newspapers ask this question, you get 12 so-called experts who say, well, we have to negotiate, negotiate. We've been negotiating for over 20 years. And while we negotiate, they're building weapons. I don't care if they fire missiles in international waters as a demonstration effect. Uh, I, you know, we fire ICBMs into the Pacific on a regular basis. I do care that we are not taking seriously that we may need a non-diplomatic solution. You know, my thought on this is, uh, yeah, we've been negotiating forever. And this is what we've always done. We can't do anything different. This is how it is. I think, uh, I don't, you know what, what I think, maybe I should talk about this after the break. Um, I probably will. But I think, uh, I think we're going to have a hard time staying, getting out of, out of this without some, uh, it's not going to be negotiated, I don't think. I don't see a way. You've got a whack job over there who just wants to flex his muscles. And we can't take a chance on whether he's bluffing or not because there's going to be a lot of people die if that happens. We'll talk about this more after the break. Don't go away. I gotta, I'm got i out of time for part one. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. And we'll continue this, uh, this discussion right after the break. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages and financing and all that stuff, but that's what I do. So if you uh, hear somebody that talks, that thinks like you on the radio and you need mortgage financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. If you need a reverse mortgage, 855-640-2020. If you need to refinance your, your house, 855-640-2020. If you want to buy a new house, you want to buy an investment property, you want to buy a vacation home, commercial property, you need financing, 855-640-2020. And uh, while I'm on giving you uh, giving you some phone numbers, um, if you have a comment on anything I say, call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. And uh, give me your opinion. And if, it's, uh, if you agree with what I'm saying, with anything I'm saying, great. And if you don't, let me have it. I don't care. And uh, maybe we'll play you on the air. Hey, so uh, before the uh, before the break, we were talking about um, North Korea, what everybody's talking about, talking about how we're going to get out of this. And, and I, start, I want to tell you a story, what I think and why I think people are disagreeing uh, with, you know, some people are going, oh, Trump's going to get us into war. You know what? People don't realize what a nuclear bomb is. People, people, I don't think, I don't think millennials got taught this in American history when they're in school, like those of us that are baby boomer class uh, got treated. You know, in World War II, when we dropped the, the two nuclear bombs on uh, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan, I don't think we knew what they were going to do. And I think it kind of scared, scared us after we saw the kind of damage they did and how we were, how it didn't just explode. It, it burned people for a huge radius. And I think the radius on these things is about for third degree burns, kill people with third degree burns on their body from the, from the, from the blast is like 40 mile radius. Think about that. And then the nuclear fallout, people were, people had their skin peeling off. And you know it's it it just messed up messed up huge areas of Japan uh, far away from the from the nuclear blast uh, for a long period of time, and if if we just go ah he won't if they if he fires off a missile at the United States it's going to take from North Korea to Los Angeles thirty eight minutes. 
You know what? I think uh, uh, one of my kids and my uh, and his wife and my grandkids uh, live within 40 miles of of, uh, of L.A. And uh, and if he misses and if he misses L.A., who no telling where it's going to hit. And if you thought 9/11 was bad and we lost almost 3,000 people in one day, this is going to be a hundred times worse than that. Maybe maybe more. We can't afford to let this guy bluff us and say, "Oops, I guess he wasn't bluffing," and we lost 300,000 or a million people. You know what? Read your history books, guys. This is going to be... Uh, Google it. Google it. What happens when there's a nuclear blast? What can we expect? You know, does this... Are we designed to... Are we trying to scare people? I'm scared. I mean, I'm not worried about it on a day-to-day basis. I'm glad we have have an administration that has some guts. That takes this serious. Because this is serious. We can't let this guy out there. And we've been negotiating for a long time. Here's a clip. I played this a few weeks back. Now everybody seems to be playing it. Um, this is uh, President Bill Clinton in 1999. Before I take your questions, I'd like to say just a word about the framework with North Korea that Ambassador Gallucci signed this morning. This is a good deal for the United States. North Korea will freeze and then dismantle its nuclear program. South Korea and our other allies will be better protected. The entire world will be safer as we slow the spread of nuclear weapons. South Korea, with support from Japan and other nations, will bear most of the cost of providing North Korea with fuel to make up for the nuclear energy it is losing. And they will pay for an alternative power system for North Korea that will allow them to produce electricity while making it much harder for them to produce nuclear weapons. The United States and international inspectors will carefully monitor North Korea to make sure it keeps its commitments. Only as it does so will North Korea fully join the community of nations. Well, how'd that work out? It's been 18 years and now they've got a nuclear bomb and they're threatening to use them. Yep, that negotiation did real well. It sounds real similar to what uh, John Kerry and Obama and uh, President Obama were. I'm sorry, I don't never call her never call him president. Barack Hussein Obama and John Kerry were saying after they did that nuclear deal, that nuclear deal that with Iran uh, the last last year, the year before. Um, we, you know what? You can't get a good deal from a bad guy. You can't make negotiations or deals with people that you can't trust. And these these are people you can't trust. And uh, we can't afford to 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 one. Well, we'll just trust them. You know what? What uh, Reagan said: trust but verify. Hey, they don't let us in to verify, apparently, because guess what? They got a nuclear bomb now. So uh, Friday, uh, after everybody everybody uh, complained and whined and talked to and insulted, in fact, in fact, uh, after Trump made his uh, made his uh, his uh, hey, you know what? If if they uh, if if they don't stop this rhetoric, they're gonna be hit with uh, fire and fury. Uh, here's what um, our own Senator Dianne Feinstein. I got to think of a name for her. She's about 95 years old. Um, isolating, this is what she said, isolating North Koreans has not halted their pursuit of nuclear weapons. And President Trump is not helping the situation with his bombastic comments. There's no question that North Korea is seeking to seeking to add a nuclear warhead to an ICBM capable of reaching the United States. What this tells me is that our policy of isolating North Korea has not worked. The United States must quickly engage in North Korea in a high-level dialogue without preconditions. 
Hopefully, Secretary Tillerson is already discussing the possibility of reopening talks with our Asian partners during this, his current trip. In my view, diplomacy is the only sound path forward. Yeah, that's worked out a lot real lately. It's really worked out successfully. So uh, after a week of, uh, of being criticized, here's what Trump said on Friday. Frankly, uh, the people that were questioning that statement, was it too tough? Maybe it wasn't tough enough. They've been doing this to our country for a long time, for many years. And it's about time that somebody stuck up for the people of this country and for the people of other countries. Yep, I agree. I agree. Don't back off. Don't back off because this is too important. This is too important. And while we're on the subject of people uh, criticizing uh, criticizing uh, Trump's Trump's manner or his the way he does things, um, and maybe this is just how it's done, uh, let's listen to some comments from uh, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know everybody's saying we've been there and haven't done anything, which uh, I find extremely irritating. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Congress goes on for two years. And part of the reason I think that the storyline is that we haven't done much is because, in part, the president and others have set these early timelines about things need to be done by a certain point. Now, our new president had, of course, not been in this line of work before, and I think had excessive expectations about how quickly things happen in the democratic process. Well, you know what? You're right. Our president hasn't been in this line of work. He's been in a uh, private sector where you get things done and uh, you don't let your uh, you don't let your workers um, get paid that kind of money to not get things done. You know, you get paid. You either produce or you're out. No, you get you get stuff done. And, uh, you know, and when Trump talks about, hey, I've been listening to repeal and replace for seven years. And now they can't they can't get it done. We got a president waiting to sign off on whatever they pass and they can't get it done. You know what? That's just the way it works in the Senate. That's the way it works in Congress. Hey, guess what? Maybe that's not the best use of our money. Maybe that's not the most efficient way to run our country. Maybe we shouldn't be finding a government plan to replace Obamacare. Maybe we should just get rid of it. Don't take pieces of it because that whole thing has completely destroyed overregulated our healthcare system just get rid of it and start over and if you know it if you can't figure a plan that uh, where the government can control the healthcare system okay let the insurance companies come back with some plans and we can just create a uh, pool for the little small 10% of the people that uh, of the country that didn't have insurance to begin with half of them didn't want it and the other half that couldn't get it let's t- let's get a pool of money to help those people and leave the rest of us alone leave the rest of us to not have to pay through the nose and have the government involved in our in our health care let us deal with that with the doctors anyway just because this is how it's always been done doesn't mean the way it's supposed to be done so uh, hey i'm behind you president trump and uh you know you guys talk about this with your kids and with your uh co-workers because they're saying Trump is such a such a such a uh idiot he just says what's on his mind guess what because he's had to run a successful business and I could tell you that my company went through some transition the last couple of years and that's how we always do it here almost almost uh crippled us I used to tell my people I used to tell my people hey if you've worked at other companies and you see something that could be done more efficiently than how we do it here share those ideas 
And I find out later that, well, I told my supervisor and then, and I told my supervisor that I saw a way that we ran this department at my other company that seemed more efficient. And, and what did, and I said, what did they say? Well, this is how we do it here. Those people aren't at our company anymore. So anyway, let's continue. So uh, let's talk about uh, Paul Manafort. It was a report this week that the home of former Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was raided by the FBI last month. Here's the story in Politico. FBI agents raided the residence of former Donald Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, last month. And he also turned and he also turned over hundreds of pages of documents to congressional investigators as probes ramp up into the president's campaign and Russia's role in the 2016 election. The pre-dawn raid, for me that means before my wife gets up, um, no pun intended, oh yeah, there was, uh, the pre-dawn raid on July 26th at Alexandria, Virginia, Helm roused Manafort, that means woke him up, uh, who, was in, who was in town to appear before Congress agents, Congress agents took reams of material from his home. The story then goes on to say that everything Manafort has already turned over to investigators, 400 pages of documents, including information on his foreign lobbying work, information on the Trump Tower meeting with the Russian lawyer and Donald Jr. Then it continues. But the FBI raid indicates that Mueller's, uh, the the independent counsel, uh, Mueller's office may not believe it's getting full cooperation, according to several former federal prosecutors and attorneys involved in the Russia probe. Senator Richard Blumenthal likes the sound of that. Here he is on PMS NBC with Andrea Mitchell. That pre-dawn raid is really a stunning development. It's a law enforcement tactic, as I know, as a former United States attorney, the chief federal prosecutor here in Connecticut, that is used in the most serious investigations, dealing with a target or a witness who is uncooperative and untrusted. And a judge would demand clear, persuasive evidence of probable cause that a crime has been committed and that the individual, Paul Manafort, is connected to that crime. So a judge has found a serious crime has been committed and this individual who is at the center of the investigation into Russian meddling and Trump campaign collusion and obstruction of justice is connected to that crime. Did he say Trump campaign collusion? Um, a crime has been committed. Well, the crime was the only crime that was committed is Hillary Clinton didn't win. You know what? That's a blessing. And uh, you know they're investigating a crime that the Russian collusion. Is anybody tired of this? I don't want to hear about the Russians unless you're talking about vodka. You know what? There's 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 no evidence to any of the collusion. Nobody has any evidence. It's all just hearsay. It's all just allegations. But we have we have lots of evidence on on lying about Benghazi and the State Department ignoring uh, requests for security and uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation uh, uh, orchestrating a deal to give 20% of our uranium to a company called Uranium One owned by the Russian government while they while they donated hundreds of millions of dollars to the Clinton uh, Clinton uh, Foundation. I don't know. There's a lot of evidence to that. And, uh, you know, hey, these guys are, how come they didn't do a pre-dawn raid at Hillary Clinton's house or at uh, Uma Abedin's house or any of the people that uh, that, that might have had evidence to say what was going on between, uh, you know what, 
uh, there was people like Uma Abedin that was on the State Department payroll while she's on the Clinton Foundation payroll. And I believe she's on payroll of uh, uh, what was the uh, holdings company? Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, that was a, a, a Bill Clinton Bill Clinton uh, consulting company that they were paying that the uh, Clinton Foundation was paying these consulting companies to help them uh, decide what to do with their money. And, uh, you know, Chelsea Clinton's on the board and she's getting $900,000 a year or maybe she's on the Clinton Foundation. But Bill Clinton was getting paid through. So, hey, they're finding ways to funnel money from a nonprofit back into the Clinton's pockets. How about the Fast and Furious? We didn't do a, a, a probe into that. No, somehow we uh, dumped, we we sent a bunch of uh, weapons over to Mexico, and uh, we lost track of them. And by the time uh, by the time they figured it out, a guy named uh, John Terry was uh, was dead, a border agent off the off the guns that we uh, sold to Mexico to keep an eye on them, to try and hunt down the people that were that were uh, buying these uh, these weapons. I don't know when they started uh, questioning uh, Eric Holder, President Obama. Oh, I did it again. Barack Hussein Obama uh, signed a executive action to say you don't have to produce the papers. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. How about the IRS uh, and Lois Lerner targeting uh, conservative groups that they wouldn't let them have uh, uh, um, tax-free status, 501c3 approvals, just because they had constitution in the names of their constitution or conservative or any of those words in the name you know what that's a uh, abuse of power on the irs one of the things they uh, were about to impeach uh uh president nixon of i don't know when it's against a republican when it's against a republican it's uh it's it's bad when it's a no when it's a when it's when it's in a Republican doing something, we get a uh, allegedly we get a independent counsel and we go full force. But when it's a Democrat, now we just close our eyes to it. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, makes me mad. Anyway, it makes me mad. Makes me worse than mad. For a different viewpoint, here's Hans von Spakovsky formerly of the Federal Election Commission, he thinks that asking the FBI to raid Manafort's home in the middle of the night may be a stunt on the part of the special counsel, Robert Mueller. I, I frankly have a, a bad suspicion that this is part of Mueller's shock and awe to get back at, at critics of him and to show them that uh, he may take advantage of the power he's got, particularly with regard to his critics. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and why isn't this guy in retirement? No, Mueller. Why? Why do we bring him out? Oh yeah, because we need someone who's nonpartisan to, to, uh, to investigate. Well, I like how, uh, what uh, and you know, they're, they're, while he's investigating Russia, he wants to investigate whether uh, Trump broke any laws in getting rid of James Comey. And I like what uh, Diamond and Silk, Diamond and Silk. If you haven't seen him, just Google him. Um, these two ladies are are hilarious. Um, well, they're not hilarious. They're just, uh, they're great. Um. Well, you know what? Mueller is homies is Comey's homie. He should recuse himself. He's Comey's homie. I like that. I'm learning to speak some of that uh cool language, I guess. So uh anyway, it's just amazing to me the efforts they're going to. I hope they ramp up this thing with uh Hillary. I know they're they're uh some judges saying, Hey, let's go after these uh these these uh destroyed emails. 
And you know, we got this uh, this uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz guy who worked for the IT, worked for a bunch of other bunch of other Congress people, and uh, they're destroying hard drives and doing all this stuff. But we're worried about Paul Manafort uh, and the collusion with the Russians. I don't know. Seems like a seems like a one way one way street here. Um, I don't know. So uh, let's talk about the leakers in the uh, in the White House. Liberals love leakers when there's a Republican president. So of course they love President Trump. Has that he has moles in his administration. I don't know why he doesn't just fire everybody now. Just fire everybody in the White House. Hey, if you were here on uh, January nineteenth, you fired and start over. I'm sure there's people that still want jobs. Um, the talk about these leakers being true patriots started after Attorney General Sessions announced that he is cracking down on leakers and Congress Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Reclaim in my time. Several times. Reclaim in my when time. When we were doing our, our. Reclaim in my time. The time belongs to the gentle lady from California. She is a moron. Uh, so Maxine Waters was asked to respond on, of all TV shows, The View, where we have a. Uh, one conservative lady outnumbered with uh, five or six Democrat idiot liberals. Um, let's play the clip. We have to be bothered by these phone conversations, these confidential conversations that he had with Mexico and Australia that were just illegally leaked to the Washington Post. There's a lot of Democrats that are disturbed by this because it threatens our national security. Are you disturbed by it? No, not at all. <laughs> I am so glad they're telling us what's going on. And but we don't need to hear these conversations. They're confidential. This I threatens national security. I need to hear security. these conversations. I need to hear... Unfortunately, this is his problem. He is in a White House where he's got people working for him that don't believe in him, don't like what he's doing, and they're trying to tell the American public They're whistleblowers. They're whistleblowers. They're whistleblowers. They're Obama people. He's got people in the White House that don't like him, don't believe in what he's doing, because they're Obama people. They should have been fired. Hopefully, uh... John Kelly, General John Kelly, uh, Chief of Staff, White House Chief of Staff, does what he's supposed to do and fires them. They're whistleblowers. They need to know. We need to know what's going on there. Guess what? No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, she's just a moron. If you, Maxine Waters, she's been touting in, in uh, impeach Trump, impeach forty five. Since the day he was inaugurated, it sounded like one of those pink hat ladies that were marching in uh, marching in Washington, D.C. on uh, January 21st. You know what? No, ho, Trump's got to go. I'm standing there, my wife and uh, Scott McAfee and him, his wife are saying, don't engage, Ed, don't engage. I'm going, Trump's got to go. He's been here for 24 hours. What has he done to destroy your life? What has he done? People can't can't even answer the people over there. It's like watching a, a scene from Waters World or uh, uh, you know one of those interviews uh, that uh, uh, Mark Dice does on on YouTube, and uh, and the and the king of fake news Dan Rather, who supposedly retired years ago but always manages to show up on TV, he had to chime in on this uh, whistle on this leaking too. 
most of the time, leaks and whistleblowers, sources who don't want to be identified, feel so strongly about something. They say, listen, the public has to know this. And this is a good case in point with the climate change. Obviously, President Trump and those in his administration didn't want this information out. But somebody somewhere said, you know what? The public really needs to know this. And they did a public service by letting somebody in journalism, in this case, the New York Times, know it. Yeah, this is real important stuff. You know, just so you, so for those of you that don't remember Dan Rather, because some of you guys might be under 40, um, Dan Rather's 60-minute story in 2004 that George W. Bush gained entry to the Texas Air National Guard through his family's political influence to avoid serving in Vietnam, and that Bush was unaccounted for for a full year of his assigned duty to the to the Guard was proven untrue. And uh, that's what uh, got Dan Rather to lose his job after about 90 years on uh, on CBS. Um, regardless, it was made into a movie in 2015 called Truth, and it was a big flop. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm not interested in seeing it. Uh, I heard it was dumb and obviously didn't make any money. Here's a great way to sum up the dubious credibility of Dan Rather and the simple truth about leaks from Greg, Greg Gutfeld on The Five. A lot of people remember Rather uh, for being self-righteously wrong about everything. If, if it was sunny outside, he would say there's a fiery orb crashing into Earth. He coasted on a brand of preposterous seriousness. So that kept people from actually questioning his credibility. Let me define what a leak is. It's something you love if it hurts something you hate. Mm. And it's something you hate if it hurts something you, someone you love. Mm. So he likes this. And he says it's for patriotic value, sure. but he really likes it because it hinders a president that he hates. Well, I have to agree with with uh, Greg's logic. I usually do. He's uh, got a certain brand of comedic truth that uh, resonates resonates when I listen to him talk. Um, sometimes he just gets grouchy on TV. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for uh, this episode of the, of the main event. Uh, remember, if you heard something that you want to comment on, whether you fiercely disagree with me or you want to tell me that you're on my team, 855-640-2092. Uh, if, you want, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the... Any, uh, real estate financing or the hottest uh, thing out there for seniors reverse mortgage you need more information 855-640-2020 i'm all out of time my name's ed hoffman thanks for listening to the main event i'll be back again with you next week the content of this program is not intended to be legal advice the views expressed are those of ed hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of wholesale capital corporation wcc is licensed by the california bureau of real estate broker license number 0114747 and california finance lenders license number 603k610 also licensed in arizona by the arizona department of financial institutions mb number 096199